0: And welcome to episode four of Back the Girls podcast. My name is Philippa Tatia, and alongside me is Sleeping Beauty herself, Gemma Hallett. And <laughs> possibly the only rugby fan that believes that there should be more scrums in rugby. Welcome, Laurie Harries. On today's episode, we've got some results from the world cup qualifiers that happened today we've also got two former welsh internationals in the forms of rachel taylor and jess Kavner. we're going to be talking to them about playing retiring coaching and their new business adventure welcome to back the girls pod
1: From the moment we announced this world breaking news that the launch of the pod there's been one name that's been repeatedly requested and that was Lori Harry but she's part of the coaching uh, the podcast team so the second most requested name was Rachel Taylor of course Um, let's be honest there's so much well there's so many questions so much confusion about the enigmatic Rachel Taylor that uh, we just had to get her on and finally we've been able to sit down with her. But it's not going to be all about tales. We brought Jess on as well because we want to know all about her journey. So for those who don't know you guys, introduce yourselves and tell us very quickly your journey into rugby. OK,
2: my name is Rachel Taylor. Played for Wales, uh, 67 caps. Lucky enough to captain and obviously play with both of you guys. Career highlight for me both. Very lucky. <laughs> Very happy. uh no, had, just had a really fortunate journey through rugby. So uh like I, I said, say, you know
3: you're not getting paid for this, yeah. So you don't need to compliment us. <laughs> <laughs> There's no bank transfer coming your way after this. <laughs> I
2: did I did have a really good memory of you doing uh, Tina Turner in the in the changing room after your last pod. But
3: yeah, like played sevens,
2: fifteens, crazy journey around the regions. Think I've been able to play for every single region, although Cardiff Blues was just for a, for a charity match, but um, that's an Important
1: charity match, Rachel. Very important charity
0: match.
2: Uh, and then obviously ended my career with Wales in the 2017 World Cup. We're and, and I were top fans. Top fans, travelling <laughs> fans. Oh, sorry, that's the dog squeaky toy. <laughs> <laughs> and then basically got an opportunity to play with, with the first Barbarians women's team, um, which was absolutely brilliant out in Munster. And then really, like, transitioned into coaching. The RGC journey was obviously massive for us both as well, so I'm really glad that happened before I retired. Uh, Yeah, and now I I coach. Worked for the Welsh Rugby Union since 2015. Did you? uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, yeah, in the last year, we took an opportunity during a global pandemic to set up our own business. So Rugby 7-Eleven is hopefully something we can carry on doing. Uh, And just taking a part-time role coaching with uh, Sales Sharks Women in the Premiership, so... And um, the coaching journey continues. Okay, that's all
1: interesting. Everybody knows all that stuff about you. But where did you start, Tails?
2: Uh, I started in Colwyn Bay Rugby Club. Uh, so I'll get that shout out in now. When I was really young, about five years old, went to watch my big brother, um, was awful at uh, everything else I did. Um, at that age group, was really shy, didn't want to talk to anybody. And thankfully, just someone there at the rugby club got me, got me involved. My first captaincy role was under nines at Colwyn Bay another career highlight um yeah and and then kind of like the the sort of standard story I guess for for people of my age at that time um it was actually really difficult to kind of carry on playing rugby after mixed rugby with the boys so I dropped out of the game for quite a long period of time and then picked it back up again when I was a bit older obviously know some of the people up here in in North Wales so at the time like Jenny Davis was traveling down had some links with Waterloo Rugby Club, so I got back involved and then figured out how to get involved with the Welsh Development Squad. Um, so a bit of a up and down, round the houses, went to play other sports,
1: came back, and then settled on rugby. Good stuff. Let's hear about you then, Jess, if you could start at the beginning, please.
4: Yeah, so I'm <laughs> Jess Cavanagh, got 19 caps for Wales, but I initially started out playing football in my younger days. Played international up to uh, under-17s. And then I switched to rugby when I was 15. Played for Brofest in York um, as just for social with some friends and then got picked up by Scarlett's ladies. Was in and out of the training squad with Wales, but never made it to to the actual competitions and, you know, I stuck to it, um, change of position and... Where did you start then? I started as a scrum half. I played the Lowry and the Scarlets as a scrum half. Um, the
3: angriest scrum half I've ever come across as well. It was like a <laughs> sheep dog. I felt like a goose being a shepherd to like a pen because the <laughs> dog just kept backing at us and I'm Like, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going. <laughs>
4: <laughs> and then uh, back in 2015, I went to a Talent ID Day at in Adis Park and got picked up um, to represent Wales 7s. And then I had my first debut with the 5th uh, Unions in 2016, Autumns. And then, yeah, from there, 19 caps and played RGC gone into coaching, obviously I'm a PE teacher. So I've always always liked to see people develop and stuff. So, and went into business with Rach. uh in the pandemic so I can't wait it. to find out more about this business in my head it's a bit of
1: a, a Del Boy Rodney situation going on <laughs> <so> he <already laughs> tracks out, so I'm not gonna find out more but before we jump on the business side of things um Jess tell us about the, the recent journey you've been on you know you've overcome a, a big injury to get back on the field so share that with people
4: yeah so I, I last played um in July 2019 with RGC up in a trail a rugby club up in, in the Cogs, obviously, and I took some time out of rugby. Came back, started pre-season with Sale Sharks last year. Obviously, a new club, super exciting, getting back into rugby, and first internal match, yeah, I ruptured my ACL, my root meniscus root came off, MCL, and cracked tibia, so it was quite a good job. <laughs> Then 129 kind, loving people helped me through surgery, and I'm back. Um, eight months later, loads of work, loads of time in the physio with Oran up in RGC. He's helped me loads, and I'm back tomorrow playing. It's an
1: incredible story, right? Because injuries like that used to end careers. That would be it. And you know, the other side of the story is, you know, how many did you say? 129? Yeah. 129 people supported your comeback. How incredible is that? I mean, you know, it's, it's sad that we have to fundraise. You know, you're not the only one to get back on the field, but incredible that you did. So congratulations, Jess, and it's great to see you back.
4: Um, so what's next in the journey, Phil? I want to try and obviously play well for sale. And my ambition is to go to the World Cup with Wales in in October uh, and 22, are we? L- lost here? year, but <laughs> yeah. that's my ambition. And I've, Phil's mentioned the Talent ID Day up in Bangor on the 9th of October and already signed up for that. So, can I give you a tip, Jess? <laughs> yeah. You need to get a smaller
3: kit. So, I saw the pictures of you from <laughs> with Sean Ed uh, Harris. Obviously, she was up there with Worcester. But what's with the extra, extra large kit? Surely you're some wind resistance for that
4: yeah it cuts a bit and of no time just
3: had to take what was left or
4: <laughs> yeah it slows me down it's like a parachute so um <laughs> no it's wanted to give them a bit of a chance to do to catch up with you.
0: She's just filling
4: out she's on a <laughs> she's on a lunch program now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly in six weeks. What you don't know Lori that's an extra extra small top <laughs> Is it actually oh
3: no. <laughs>
1: no. <laughs> it's
3: like she's in a bed sheet? What's going
1: on? <laughs> it's the new bionic knee is too fast, so she needs some <laughs> wind resistance. Cool. Uh... We want to talk about your business, obviously, but more than that, we want to talk about Tails and Tails' departure from the Welsh rugby union. You and I have spoken <laughs> quite a lot of tales, and you told me nothing. <laughs> and you know, we can't avoid it. Everyone's listening to this podcast because they want to hear what happened at the WIU, why you left, all the nitty-gritty. There's so much rumors going around, there's so much filling in the gaps, and we want to hear it straight from the horse's mouth. That's my position. I know you're probably gonna bat off all my questions, but hey, we can ask, right? So, first of all, let's just start with uh with Twitter because yeah, I think. <laughs> You can certainly ask. I can certainly ask. So I think we got Captain Kremen on Twitter who asked it perfectly. Why did Rachel Taylor leave the whale setup? And go on. That's your first question of the set.
4: <laughs>
2: I thought that was another bit coming to that
1: then. <laughs> I'll hold back a minute. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'll
2: try and not. Oh, well, we'll
1: see.
2: Um yeah, like I probably can't emphasize enough. You know, like I'm probably quite. Relax now and quite like I can I can sort of look back on it and obviously like you're both good friends of mine and good rugby players so I'll probably seem a bit like jovial about it but I can't probably emphasize enough how like stressful and I guess like traumatizing to a certain degree like how it was for me I didn't want it like obviously getting that job was massive for me Uh, I'd always had an ambition and still have an ambition to coach Wales I applied for the head coach role and I didn't get it. Uh, and then the, the, the offer was to come in um, as an assistant skills coach as a development role to basically support my growth as a coach through to become a head coach uh, in an international setting. So everything, you know, sounded like a dream. Like, I, you know, I, I can't lie to you. Like, that was probably the perfect scenario for me. I knew at the time I wasn't ready to be a head coach, but I wanted to put my application into to show my ambition to do it i think it's important that women do that um just on a different ramp you can have me as the ramp person this week like i know loads of women who, who don't apply for roles because they don't think they're ready yet but i think people should i think you should just check it in anyway so yeah so everything started really well but i i you know I've, i had concerns quite early on with with where the program was going and probably what i won't do is give you all the nitty-gritty but I, I think I did everything in the right process. So I, I reported my concerns, tried to do everything, you know, like the right way. Like I'm not a HR guru, but tried to do everything the right way. And ultimately, I didn't see any support or, or it changing, which was, which was really hard for me. I think, and I don't know, like if you guys all feel the same, but sometimes when you represent Wales it's really close to your heart like it's, it's something you feel really proud in and it, obviously to you you guys feeling strongly enough about it still to do this pod you want to make it better you want to make a difference and sometimes I found for me particularly it was really difficult because it didn't agree with my values of rugby or necessarily like my integrity you know I felt like it was going against my own integrity I found it really difficult to put my name to it because you know rightly or wrongly a lot of people will look at me and be like oh I if tails thinks it's a good shout, you know, if, it's, if tails thinks it's right, then obviously it's okay. But I didn't feel like it was okay, and I didn't feel like it was right, so I couldn't justify staying in it. So I know that's probably a little bit of around the houses kind of way uh, of, of answering why I left. But I want, ultimately, I I want the best for the women that play in Wales, and I want the best for those that represent the national jersey, and I didn't feel like they were getting it.
1: So, like, I've known you for several decades, Tails, and you've always been one of the most transparent, honest, like you mentioned earlier, you know, live by your values kind of person that I know. So it must have been in a bad state for you to say, I'm willing to give up my professional ambitions here to walk away from this. So, you know, you can't tell us the nitty gritty but we can just assume that, you know, what is it, was it the kind of the, the background stuff, the players, the coaching... WRU we we still don't know we're filling in gaps can you tell us maybe hone in a little bit there for us
2: yeah I think like you guys know from the conversations you'll have with with players who are in the current setup now or have been before you know and you've talked around on the pod before like there's a lot that needs to be supported resource wise within Wales and within the women's game I think there's there's opportunities for that to have happened and it hasn't and I think you know, I could quite, could quite easily come and say, you know, probably a lot of stuff around what happened during my time there. But I think it would just be me probably chucking a grenade in and, and watching it blow up. Like, I don't, I don't want to watch it blow up. I want to watch it get better. Like, Are we you know, in a
1: position maybe where we need to blow it up and start again? Because that's how I feel. And I'll be yeah. honest with everybody. Like, I, I want to throw the grenade. I want to explode everything. No <laughs> I want, <laughs> I want to flatten it all. And rebuild because you know what you're alluding to is just more of this shady crap right let's just that like, we need 100 transparency we need you know people who really genuinely care about the game leading it and i you know if you follow me on twitter explore all these different ways of doing that so why won't you throw the grenade
2: i think unless like unless i can solve it like give those problem solving solutions like i just mm. I don't feel like it's right because of the people who are currently in it what I will say is I, I agree with you to a certain degree. I think we were starting to get like a movement happening. You know, I felt like there was a momentum to create a better program, you know, financially was that was coming through. I think, you know, probably the most disheartening part of that at the moment is that none of that's come to light. And, you know, I, I I totally agree with you, Jim. Like it's really hard as a, as an ex player and as, Uh, an ex-employee and someone who's like really passionate about the game it's really hard to watch it like keep stumbling at the last hurdle like all my my hope at the moment is that you know we've had an external review um it wasn't an internal one it was an external one which i think is which is massive did you guys
1: get to contribute to that yeah so you were interviewed yeah
2: and you know i think i think people were pretty honest about that Uh, uh, as best they could be for their own experiences that they've had and, and you know my hope is that with the new the new sort of performance director in there with Nigel like he'll have that now is like you said that almost you know level playing field again whereas an opportunity to try and hopefully build it the right way I think you know the only option really is to try and put trust in him that he will do that it's hard because everyone will know that we've gone through this experience before and we put our trust in other people but what I will say I want to I allude
1: to that because obviously our listeners are going to be going oh, what, what do you mean before what happened before
2: no I think we go like on a cycle don't we where we think everything's going to change and we're really we're, we're really positive I think like we all sat in a room in what 20 God, what was it 2012 2013 talking about professional, professionalism of the game and it's 2021, and there's no professional contracts. I mean, professional contracts. You know, there's we, we've all had these conversations before, um and that's what I actually think is really difficult for the, the current players now. You know, it's really difficult mindset to come in and be super positive when you've heard the same story about 15 times.
1: From um, a coaching perspective, when you were in there, would you have liked to have seen the players go pro? I
2: think something had to happen, 100. Whether that would have been pro, semi-pro um supported financially in a different way until the structure came off the off the floor yeah definitely there's no way people can do what their their demands are expected to do them now without without support um would it have probably gone wrong yeah like i think you know if we're honest and we look at the first time english women's players were contracted like that didn't really work um ireland have obviously gone through their own issues around contracting and coming out the other way, Scotland with a sort of a tiered academy was a different approach to it. I think people try stuff and and, and probably do fail, but unless you actually try it, you're never gonna, you're never going to learn are you? So you'll never actually get to adapt it or change it.
3: I think that's what's missing at the moment. There's no trying, is there, whereas the other unions are trying and albeit that they may be failing, but they're trying so they can look at the other avenues now, whereas we're just sitting on the ground and not looking to progress. Yeah, I, Like I know we, we speak about this topic a lot in the pod. So just because we do have you here, I have to ask you because it was pleasing to see that you still have aspirations to coach Wales in the future. And it is very much something you will be targeting. And it's nice that it hasn't left too much of a bitter taste in your mouth the way, the way it ended for you. But uh, I've got a question. Do you think going abroad or coaching another union would help you progress so you come better you know you come away with it with maybe that head coach experience and then you can really stamp down your authority on well within the WRU then. Mm-hmm. do you think that's an option
2: yeah definitely I think like any coaching role you take will shape you like it doesn't it doesn't make much difference like probably what country you're in I think it's the group and the environment that you're in like there's so many lessons you can learn off like other people and other coaches. Like I think it's brilliant. Like, like you when you had Lisa on and her journey and, and her experiences with Kylie and those that she picked up in Canada, like you can tell how influential they are on her coaching journey. Um, so I think that's massive. I think I think anyone that's coaching now, like even if they put themselves in really different scenarios, like you know, I was fortunate to go out and coach in Japan, which was really difficult for me <laughs> because I don't speak Japanese. So having to coach through like different mediums was challenging. Um, I absolutely love coaching a mixed ability team, which is totally different, but it really challenges me as a coach to how to get people engaged. I think as a coach, the more scenarios you can put yourself in, the better. Like I've learned loads off Jess, just around like the, probably like, like how people learn and stuff like that. Like she might pull faces at me, but like really probably like the academic side of it, because I was never, I've never trained in that. So that's sort of like, little bits i think of your coaching journey that you can add to to really kind of help yourself get better
3: i'm just i'm just trying to put the feelers out there so if you did go you know somewhere like spain or anywhere like that then the pod could come and tour then couldn't it
2: you're trying to get me a job somewhere <laughs> off, so <laughs> in, a set up
3: in a nice little villa <laughs> in espanol and uh, yeah. yeah we'll come out absolutely there for your uh, support group then <laughs> No Scotland. It rains a lot in Scotland. <laughs> but to all our Scottish
1: listeners, we'd love to come on pod day too. <laughs>
3: <laughs> uh, I'm glad you mentioned
1: women's coaching because the last pod, there was a question from Twitter that Lori read out, which led to a conversation then on Twitter about how a lot of girls are having to give up coaching because they have to coach on a Sunday, but they also want to play. So yeah. that's interesting from your two perspectives. Give Jess a airtime time as well. Like, how can we encourage more girls and women to coach? Oof.
4: Cool, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we need a bit bit of support, you know. From my experience, I've 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 just realized that women want to help and want to be there for mainly for their kids or for other kids, and then they get women usually get put with the minis and that's where they stay. I think with the support around them, they, they, you know, if they're there volunteering, I think they, the want is there already, they want to develop. And I think they just get left. And, you know, it's a sad thing because I do know some women still, and that's really interested in coaching and they, 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 it's It's quite cool for us because they came a lot of people has come to us now where we're seven eleven asking for us to do CPDs and you know um, have the, different days to to help people and to the, to help them develop and where is that support um, is my question because yeah we will do it under 7 eleven but there's a national governing body there who has coach educators and professional people to, to do that and I think women get just pushed aside
2: I think there's probably loads of stuff from COVID as well like everyone went on zoom everyone went online courses like there's other ways of doing stuff now like there's other ways of engaging people and like I think we need to keep some of the stuff that worked really well like there's nothing you know I think we spoke to our coach education um head up here and like they're looking at running like online zooms in an evening after work and stuff like that like stuff that people can relate to now i think it's so hard isn't it it's that people's time is so stretched to sort of give like two weekends on the bounce or something is actually really challenging for people to, to do whether that's family commitment playing commitment like anything work um it's probably just making it more flexible
1: cool so jess you mentioned a nice little segue into 7-eleven so here's your that's moment a- Let's hear all about it. I'm really excited.
4: Go. What is 7-Eleven? It's basically where we're just going with it, aren't we, Rach? Like, we want to give opportunities for everyone, really, but we're going to focus on women and girls and, you know, develop their rugby from, we call them Pobblebach, so we'll have a Pobblebach um, programme. And up, up to senior level, um, we... We've already done a six-week programme with, with Girls Only and you know that, that was amazing uh, programme. And we, we, we've already had emails asking, oh, is there something for boys similar? The girls that came on that programme, we've had loads of good positive feedback. And what was good for us, there's so many talented young players out there that want to play rugby and I hope we could be there to support them through the journey.
2: I think we sat down and thought like what do we love to do and ultimately it was like we love to coach and uh, try and inspire like kids to play rugby but also like develop them as people and give them confidence so I suppose how we looked at the opportunities there were for us to deliver that obviously like camps and and you know summer camp or october camp or whatever like that's a that's a really cool opportunity but we we wanted it to be um probably like an opportunity to yes you know you could rock up and do a summer camp and that would be brilliant and hopefully like we'll be able to teach you some new skills or, or some new games you haven't done before um but also you know we are very aware that there's a massive gap in the elite what we call like the elite pathway so like if you're a aspiring rugby player at 12 13 14 years old and you want to go and play for Wales it's actually quite difficult to get that amount of contact time with with coaches and we sort of sat down and thought, oh god, like that would be amazing if we could put like a you know a support program around these guys who want to do that, and whether that's like skill development, people development. We quite like the kind of holisticy side of stuff, so the stuff away from from playing rugby and fitness, like the softer skills. So I guess like that was the initial thought, like how do we how do we do that, and how do we get that out to to people? Um, like Jess says, we ran a six week program with uh, a private. Uh, St. David's College up here uh, which was great facilities and it was just really good to to probably have like a bit of a test event really to see like how we could you know develop the the girls that we had and it was a really great like learning tool for us of what worked and what didn't work but hopefully like they all went away feeling a little bit more confident like like, we want to like bespoke stuff like we don't want to just be like mass product because we like you know ultimately like we want to try and really impact on their lives um, and their playing playing career so yeah like it, i suppose that's the aspiration that we could become something that is a support pathway for for like a you know people who with aspirations to play for for wales or or to play professionally but also like to to engage and inspire like the the next lot of rugby players really
1: so if somebody says to me, hey, Gem, what's 7-Eleven? I'm going to say 7-Eleven are creating the player pathways towards elite rugby that the WRU failed or decimated over the last 10 years. So where there's no longer an under-20s development and academy or any kind of regional programme at the moment, it looks like that's where you guys are fitting in. You're smirking on screen. I don't know if you're actually going to say <laughs> <yes>. <laughs> um
2: Yeah, I guess, like, I don't know, our experience from the regional programme, like certainly as a coach uh, in like the, the final sort of years pre, pre-COVID, whether it's just really short amount of contact time. Like I think the last block we had was something like six weeks and, and two of those, within two weeks you were playing four weeks worth of back-to-back games. Like that's really difficult for a player to come in and, and try and show who they are in probably what, two training sessions? So probably what, three hours? Uh, contact time with a coach so yeah I guess like how we expand that opportunity for for you know girls and boys who who want to develop their skills in time that's available to them before they go
3: into those sort of opportunities. What's nice about it is that you are filling a gap whereas in that time frame you would see so much drop-off or girls having to you know go and look out at other sports like football or hockey netball just because there isn't anywhere to go with rugby at that time so then they you know jump across to another sport to then have to wait it out until they're of age or whatever that there comes a team locally for them to jump back into rugby isn't it
2: and I think like we we both know like the importance of transferability like with sports and tr- like, like how many skills can transfer into rugby but like you say it's probably like the supporting of that player through that, that period of time because it is really tough, and like you said, you've already highlighted like that's probably the biggest drop off that we have. But it doesn't mean their career is over either. Like you know, we both know loads of people who have come back into the game older, people who haven't picked up a ball until they're in their twenties. It's doable. It's just about probably getting them in the right headspace to want to come back, which which is obviously a big
3: thing at the moment as well. I don't know if you've got any more questions, Hallet, but oh, I got dozens.
1: Oh, but these two have got to go test drive a car. So I don't know how long we've got them for. Don't stress. That's very adult. Well, as in a personal car. It's,
2: it's a van for the business.
3: I was going to say, surely he's going to have a cab, a huge uh, yeah. on the bus. If,
2: well. if you want to get the Del Boy and Rodney in, we're looking for a three-wheeler. A three-wheeler van. <laughs> oh, you know, like off. Um... Dumb and dumber when they make the dot. Maybe we'll just make massive rugby posts and like drive them
1: around. So, um, we're looking for sponsors (laughs) for Rugby 7 Eleven van. Uh, So, you're based up in North Wales at the moment. What's the ambition then? Five years from now, what is Rugby 7 Eleven doing other than running Wales' under 18s and under 20s national squad? Yeah,
2: and the the, um, touring team to Barcelona, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, every, every year. Um on that, sorry, before you answer, I'm uh, gonna segue on that. Do we need to be associated with the union to run an under 20s?
3: Oh, I've just seen some cogs turn in here. <laughs> <laughs> That's really been discussed, is it? No. Do we? I don't know. Listeners, let me know. Island yeah. did Island do something similar?
2: I can't remember. There was was it an island? Oh, with uh, the blue it? Yeah. Yeah, which isn't affiliated to Uh, the union so it has been done
3: here we go I'll go scrum code. (laughs) I'll be social secretary (laughs) there we go come on
2: (laughs) no I think um I think like five years from now like we would like to have probably got something in place to really support players whether that be like an in-season program a pre-season program something that we can that we can relate to like obviously we'd like to grow it but you know jess has already alluded to like she's got her own rugby playing ambitions which obviously um will come first and then hopefully this will be something that we can we can grow and, and like we'd like to tailor it to the needs of the at the A time
4: pun. um <laughs> i didn't and, you know if that i mean we want to develop them as rugby players but we want to develop them off the pitch as well. Like there's some stuff I know from my own experience that I didn't know. And it's really important to know if, if, if you want to play rugby. Like I was in a rock and a hard place after my injury. I was like, who do I turn to? What do I do? And I, re- I really think it's important that rugby players know about these challenging things that we have to s- s- face up to. And we want to be them Th- those people that try and develop that as well
1: because mm. it's not just what happens on a match day right this the the whole year leading up to that next kind of competition and you know we've seen it where people have sat on the bench for seasons and seasons and but still had that mentality that drive to get there and then we've seen others that have you know got benched for one game and never come back you know it's that whole mentality side and then you've got all the kind of the nutrition the, the work-life balance and and all of that so yeah it's good you are a rugby player if you can't figure out all that other stuff as well it's going to be incredibly hard to be an international rugby player
2: i think there's a lot, there's a lot around like the importance of what rugby does as well isn't it like we've touched on like what what my values are and I, I believe like a lot of them have come from rugby and other people that i've met in rugby along the way you'll know it from like community rugby clubs like it can be a massive part of your life whether you have an ambition to play for wales or whether you just want to rock up and on a on a Sunday have 80 minutes and a beer with your mate like it's it's just as important so I think retaining people in the game is huge so yeah you might want to go and play until your 40s you might want to have a couple of years then have a family you might then come back and coach your kid in the junior section like it's about making a connection like for the rest of your life because ultimately like a rugby club is like a little micro community of its own isn't it like so I suppose it's whether it's coaching, playing, you know, like you said, Jen, becoming the social sec or whatever, like where where you fit into
3: that little community is, is quite important. Thank you so much for uh, coming on today, girls. It's really been insightful as well. But it's just a last opportunity really for you to, you know, share anything else or something that you want to uh, add to the pod.
2: Yeah, I guess I'd like to say like a massive thanks to the players that were there at the time I was coaching with Wales um like getting to work with them in a really different context was really really cool and I really enjoyed it and obviously I wish them all the best now like moving forward and and on their own development journeys hopefully you know they they don't feel like I just left them I know it was like in a bit of a a puff of smoke and the nitty-gritty as as Jen mentioned but you know it's I do want the absolute best for them, and I think that that's hopefully they'll know that. And obviously, it's just to say thank you for them for for their support and all their support since I've left as well has been has been really important and and really nice for me to have.
4: Yeah, for me, um, I think I just want to say to any young uh, girls listening to the pod, like there's loads of people who care about girls rugby, and maybe it's not in a good place now, but. Don't feel like you have to give up on something that you really want to do. Um, keep going and keep fighting for what you want because if you want it, you'll get it. Yeah, perfect. And we're
1: here to help them get it, right? That's the whole point of what we're doing. Thank you so much, girls. We've learned a lot from you today.
3: Just, uh, just before you, <laughs> we do come on to my favorite part of the pod, which is what goes on tour comes on the pod. Jingle 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 jingle, 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 jingle. Between you, you have fifty plus years' experience. <laughs> there must be, there must be some sort of story that you've got to share. And it can be absolutely anything of your choice, but just give me something because I have nothing else. <laughs> you got nothing, I don't believe that.
1: is loosely, you know, it could be something that happened in training, it could be something that went on, yeah. you know, on in socially, bus. on a bus.
4: <laughs> I got one. Um, I remember um, I was 17 at the time, obviously a young pup playing for Dolgatha ladies, going on tour to Ireland why is it always island? <laughs> it's <all laughs> island? It's just easy, isn't it? Catching the, catching the ferry in, in Hollyhead and then just going to Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's something to do with the Guinness, loads. <laughs> yeah. And that's um, yeah. 17 at the time playing senior rugby and you had people, the likes of Alevs and uh, Nia Toms and Catherine Tom Moss and uh, Laurie Evans and all, all them guys. And, Remember walking home back to the hotel, and um, next minute hearing some people shouting, and I was like, "That's our lives!" and near Tom's, like, where are they?" And then they were stuck in a skip outside <laughs> a pub. They couldn't uh-huh. get out of the skip. Our lives is like. You know, she she's the tallest in the part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying that, Laurie. But yeah, that, that 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 always stays in my mind. Like great tour, play rugby with them for multiple years. But no, that sticks in my head. Are they still in the skip? Boy,
3: <laughs> <laughs> been drinking. Where? <gasps> eh? Have they been drinking? Of course they are. <laughs> well, you're talking about an adventure. Anything goes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you very much to the both of you. M- huge good luck now for your fans this weekend. So, with Sail Shark's game, it's um, you're seeing Exeter this week, is it?
4: Yes, we are. We're on trying. the bus. On the bus today, playing yes. tomorrow. You get to stay over?
0: Yes,
2: yeah. So stay, uh, travel down tonight, um, have a bit of a slow, slow start tomorrow morning and then uh, game, first visit to Sandy Park. So it's quite exciting. And then, yeah, back on the bus and God help whoever Jeff is teaching on Monday morning.
1: I would send people to go and watch, but uh, Welsh rugby uh, is a priority. So I'm sending everyone down to their local clubs. They can find out your score on Twitter. Is that fair?
2: Yeah, I would say as well, like, I know you guys touched on it, how good it was to see loads of clubs back up and running. Um, loads, yeah. You know, like, such, like, we went to watch um, Carnarvon versus Abigail-y. Um, It was just, like, it's just really nice to see people back having a having a game of rugby, having a beer, like, just, yeah, like, full rugby club, just really nice.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. We, have to, we have to give credit because community rugby is thriving, right?
2: Yeah, it seems like well, you know, it's, it's hard because probably the only people I'm friends with on Twitter have got something to do with rugby, um, so my stream is probably a little bit biased. But yeah, like the um, like the feedback off it looked just looked really cool and like loads of pictures, loads of positivity. Like it was just it's just great. And like some, I think like you were mentioning like people putting out two teams and stuff. Like class to think there's like community rugby's growing
1: that well. Cool. Should we try and say goodbye for the third time? <laughs>
2: I'm gonna go and drive a van now, three <laughs> weeks <ago>. So <laughs> it's, it's a yellow. Do, do you fancy like spot little sponsor on the back? Like, back the pod. Yeah, yeah. So you can say. On the um,
3: I'll, yeah, I'll uh, I'll get a bumper sticker printed out for you.
2: I was gonna say, have you got them yet? Like... <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll start. I'll start planning Barcelona. Yeah, it's probably a sevens Barcelona. So
3: listen, if you're gonna take serious you need to know how to say it properly out there cuz it's barcelona barcelona
1: <laughs> <laughs> we never struggled with accents when we went to i uh, italy <laughs> ireland scotland that's, so, that's, you, that's you. another tall story for you I'm that is the best
0: so, <laughs> uh...
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, girls. Best of luck for the weekend and let's get everybody supporting Rugby 7-Eleven who's going to build our next pathway of elite players in Wales. Um, jump on your social handles. Quickly plug them for us. What are they? It's nice and easy.
2: At Rugby 7
1: Across all of them? Across all of them.
3: Oh, oh That's where <laughs> we went wrong. We were all in charge
1: of one and you could just see what happened. <laughs> 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 Brilliant. Bye-bye, girls.
3: Cheers,
1: guys. Thank you. Thank you Bye. Jingle, jingle, jingle.
3: Jingle, jingle, jingle.
0: So I've got some news for you guys from today It was the Rugby World Cup qualifiers They happened in Italy It's, it's a tournament that, that started today There's going to be a round robin So we've got the four teams That are involved a Scotland, Italy, Ireland and Spain They're all going to be playing one another once So they play today, they're going to play again on Sunday And then the following Saturday But today we saw A bit of a shock result So Spain Beat Ireland got to be honest, I didn't see that one coming. Spain don't get to play as much international rugby. They're a much younger team than Ireland. They only had about 200 caps in the team. When you consider Patricia Garcia, the number nine, had 40 of them. It, It sort of gives perspective to how young that Spanish team are, but fair play. They disrupted Ireland's set piece. They really frustrated them and Ireland just weren't clinical enough. And so many unforced errors. I think they're going to be really feeling frustrated after that, but not taking away anything from Spain because their defense at times was, was gutsy, really gutsy. So eight, seven, Spain won that one. We also saw Scotland taking on Italy. I thought this was going to be closer than it actually turned out to be. Italy are on fire. They've got a full rounded game. They've got the strong ball carriers. They've got the fast wingers. They've got the creative playmakers. They've also got a set piece and their defense as well. I mean, it was really, really good. So they actually won that game 38-13. So the winner of this tournament obviously qualifies for the Rugby World Cup and they'd be going into Pool B. So they'd be joining Canada and USA. But it is worth noting that the runner-up of this tournament can still have a chance at getting to the World Cup. They would go through to the very last sort of last chance saloon, if you will, the last possible tournament to qualify. And that would... At the moment, it's got Colombia and Samoa in it, but it would also have another runner up from the Asia Rugby Qualification Tournament, which is going to be happening in October. But yeah, not the ideal start for Ireland, um, but Italy, I'm, I'm backing them to, to be the strongest in this one. All right, it's time for my positive vibes. And this week we are looking at the WRU. And credit, they have employed four female rugby officers into full-time roles to help increase participation of girls and women's rugby. Now, I'm loving this for two reasons. One, it's a full-time role. So it's not one of those part-time, spread too thinly. Um, You've got women who have been allocated to each region. But they're also going to be now looking at not just engagement, they're looking to work with the clubs and the hubs, because as we've, we've learned, they are different, but looking to connect them together. Also establishing links with schools, and colleges and it is all about getting girls and women playing rugby not just sort of engaged as, as what the roles maybe seem to look a little bit like before and we had game changes and things so yeah my positivity this week WRU has employed four female rugby officers full-time um gonna make an impact gotta be good news so yeah that's my one for this week
3: again for tuning in please please get in touch with us on twitter instagram or email and we'll
0: air them on the pod next week thank you so much yeah please do get in touch remember on instagram it is back the girls podcast on twitter it is back the girls pod and just because we love to keep it simple on email it is back the pod at hotmail.com thank you bye Bye! Bye! Happy Bye! Bye-bye!